0: Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Waypoint Pastors Wives podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bishop. I'm a mama 4 I'm a pastor's wife, of course, and I'm just grateful for you for joining us, for being a part of this community of pastors' wives, because it's so important for us to remember that we are not doing this thing alone. Thanks for joining us. Well, we're continuing our Being the Church series today by talking about being the church to your community. Um, I'm thankful to have my friend and coworker, Lexi Cook, on the podcast with me today. Lexi grew up in our area in Winchester, Virginia, um, and she is a wife to Andrew and a mom to Millie and Blakeland. Millie is three and Blakelyn is one. And she's just been a great addition to our church staff. And we're going to talk a little bit about what her role looks like and what that means for New Life. Um, But the idea here is just to give you some ideas for how you can be the church in hands-on kind of ways in your community. We're going to talk about some ideas, some ways that we do that here at New Life. Some of them may not be practical for you. We were able to actually bring Lexi on staff Uh, to help kind of run a benevolence program for us. So so she has been able to really fine tune how we do that at New Life. That's probably not practical for all of you. You may not be able to hire someone or even dedicate a full-time volunteer for a role like this, but we're gonna talk about some practical ways that we have our people involved in the community in some different organizations that we support. And I think you'll get some great ideas for just tangible ways that you can be the hands and feet of Jesus to the people in your community. So let's dive into today's episode. All right. So welcome to the podcast, Lexi. I am so happy to be here. So church life is funny. Um, Lexi's husband was actually in our youth group when Craig and I moved to Winchester and were in youth ministry for years, and so it's just funny how you can go from having you know those like slightly annoying teenage boys grow up and get married, and you know then you can be friends with their wives, and it's pretty fun to have to have that and be be in one place long enough to see how that rolls around. Um, but it was super fun to have you join our staff. Has it been has it been three years now?
1: It's almost been four years. That's crazy. Well, about, yeah
0: because it'll be four years in September. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah, time flies. Yeah. Yeah, we've been here. It'll be 13 this month, actually. So 13 years, which is nuts. Um, yeah, so a few years ago, we were, we were tired as a church, especially the church staff, of answering the phone and saying, I'm sorry, we can't help you with that. Um, if your church is like ours, you get benevolence calls, like people need help. And they're um, sometimes very bold in the things that they will ask for even uh, to a church. And so our company policy line had kind of been, I'm sorry, we, we can't help with that. We don't have funds on hand for that, but we support XYZ community organizations, which we felt good about that answer for a while. But when you get so many calls and you have people who are, you know, going to lose their house or their electricity or whatever, um, there, there comes a point where you can't say no without feeling like you are not doing what Jesus has asked you to do. Um, and so Craig and I had been kind of talking about, you know, what can we do? And I said, hey, let's talk to Lexi because Lexi came, she was working for social services at the time. I so said, maybe she'll have some ideas. She knows more community organizations. Maybe she can help us know the best places to point people. Um, and I don't even, I don't even know how it ended up, but like two weeks later, we were hiring Lexi to come on staff um, to help us in a support role for our benevolence program. So your title is the director of outreach and engagement. What does that actually look like for you?
1: <laughs> that has an array of um, responsibilities, but mostly I primarily focus on getting the church involved in the community, whether that be through our benevolence program, getting individuals plugged into serving out in our community. Um, and I'll backtrack a little bit and talk about our benevolence program. Um, it is truly such a blessing to be able to have this at New Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankful for the generosity of our church to be able to do this. So through our program, we're able to financially assist and provide resources to individuals who are facing financial hardships and crisis. Um, We do have an application that we have these individuals go through It does require that they provide documentation of um, employment, uh, their income, just verification of identity, and all sorts of different things. And we also work alongside local organizations, social services. Um, It's truly a group effort to be able to make sure that these individuals are getting all the help and the resources that they can get. Something... (laughs) I see a huge struggle with, and I'm sure other communities deal with this as well, even when I was at social services, it's like nobody knew mm-hmm. all the resources that are available. Yeah. And we live in a location that has several um, amazing resources, mm-hmm. housing agencies, financial assistance programs, all sorts of things, but we all failed at lacking communication and yeah. really knowing what everybody has to offer. Um, And that has been primarily my focus on this program is just getting to know what organizations are out there, um, what benefits there are to offer, and just making sure they're taking advantage of all of that while also just being good stewards of our finances and making sure they're following up on their end and doing what they need to do um, to just work together to make sure that we can provide them with resources.
0: Yeah. In... I I failed to mention when we started chatting and I will have already mentioned it in the intro, but, you know, continuing on with this series of being the church, this just felt like an appropriate topic. Like how can we be the church to our community? Um, and one of the things that I love about the way that we have been doing this is that there is no expectation given to the people that we assist for them to come to church. There there are no strings attached. We help them, we love on them, we offer to pray for them, but it's not met with the we'll we'll give you money, but you have to come to church first. Because that feels I don't know, it just feels icky to me. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I agree. I, and I've
0: seen a lot of churches do that. And you may have your reasons why you choose to do that. But uh for us, we have we've always felt like that was a cheap way of doing things like you're not changing anyone's life by forcing them to come to church. Um, and so it, we, we've been able to love on families and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus to them without, without making it super uncomfortable. Like it's hard enough that they're asking for help. Um, but to, to put that on them where they're coming into a building And everybody knows, oh, these are the poor people who need our money this week. Like how much shame would you feel walking into a situation like that? So we do. So we have several different layers. And I know this isn't functional for every church, um, depending on your financial situation and where you live. Uh, But we just wanted to share kind of what we do, because it may give you some ideas of how you can help. And there are different levels of help, ways that you can help that require spending no money whatsoever, Uh, But we do have some funds that we set aside every month to help with our community and even with our internal benevolence situation. So can you kind of explain like what what that looks like and how we um, dole out those funds each month? Absolutely. So
1: it's really important to obviously set a budget aside each month. Um, We would give them all of our money. (laughs) We have a hard time saying no. Yes, yes, it is very, it is very hard. Um, but just being good stewards, having that budget in place um, is really important. And as Stacey mentioned, we do, we have an external and um, internal process. Um, you know, we love being able to help our community mm-hmm. and we, that that is our goal, primarily reaching the lost, sharing the love of Jesus, but it's important to take care of our people too. Um, so we do have funds set aside for those within the church that are facing financial hardship and crisis. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, we can't say that we're going to help our community and then not, not help our, our church. Yeah. Um, but we do also have a community fund and what that is um, it uh, builds over time just with the, again, the, the generosity of the church. And what that is for is just being able to help um, community needs that come up. Yeah. Um, for example, You know, the kids clubs, we work very closely with uh, the kids club of the Northern Shenandoah Valley. They're very similar to, they were the boys and girls clubs. Um, They do a phenomenal job of just loving on families, foster families, low income families. Mm -hmm. I mean, their hours are morning and evenings and then in the summer, but their jobs just never end because they
0: keep kids all the time. Well, they can't say no either. They're, they are <laughs> constantly babysitting outside of their work hours and yeah. stuff like that. And it truly really is like a huge blessing to our community. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and say they
1: have a arise. Rise, yeah. um, you know, we're able to do landscaping for them. You know, that's money that we can easily yeah. have on hand to be able to meet those needs. Or we work very closely with um, the Winchester Rescue Mission. Yes. When they have something that comes up, something that, Breaks and um, they're building, uh, you know, washing machine or maybe they need some paper products. Yeah. We're able to give to them and be able to meet those needs, and it's a huge blessing.
0: Yeah, and that's I think that's part of. We've always said we don't want to try to reinvent the wheel. Like we don't want to do what everyone else is doing to try to meet the needs in our community. We want to find holes that aren't being filled and fill those. And if that means we're coming alongside an already successful organization and supporting them and what they do, our money is better used to do that than to try to do it poorly on our own. And so we, that's why it's been so important for Lexi to be able to find these great organizations in our community for us to be able to support, because we've known about the homeless shelter. We've known about different organizations like that, but even within the last um three and a half years, we have, we found organizations that we didn't know existed in our community and have been able to come alongside them and and support them and watch them grow. And that's a really cool thing to, to see organizations like that growing in your community and making a bigger impact because of your minimal help and support. Um, but it, it means the world to those, those groups.
1: Absolutely. I just want to say, touching base on that, yeah. I think it's so easy for people to assume that an organization has it together; they're doing what they're doing, and they can be intimidated to get involved. But it's you—you make the difference, right? Um, For example, the Winchester Rescue Mission. I just found out this week. um, I'm I'm there weekly, and I'm not the only one. We have several people within our church that are there weekly. We have a life group that uh, does dinner Mm -hmm. there. on a regular basis, but, um, their volunteer coordinator, she had told me, I'd asked her, I said, how many volunteers do you have a week? And she actually blew me out the water. I was not anticipating this much, but they rely on 70 volunteers every single week to make it happen. And that is just incredible. Um, I think that they only have, um, maybe I forget what she said, but seven or so on staff. And I mean, you think of, the residents that they have there, yeah. um, it's a 40 big to 50, you know, it, it takes, yeah, it yeah. takes a village. And like you said, just minimal effort, maybe an hour here yeah. or there yeah. if you don't have the funds to give, but just being the hands and feet, um, there is an array of things to do too. I think that people are quick to assume that you have to serve dinner right. or maybe work alongside, um, those facing homelessness, which I know can be intimidating mm-hmm. to some um and if that is you don't let that be a factor in stopping no. you and being able to serve um because it does it feels good and just being yeah. the the true hands and feet of Jesus um you can certainly serve in your community
0: yes absolutely um, yeah so that's what our community fund does they help it helps in other things like that and we we will take up like um special offerings every once in a while for some of those places if they have a need going on or collect like um We have a really awesome community organization called Froggy's Closet that helps support foster families um, with clothing and books and book bags and all kinds of things like that. Um, And so they do a shoe drive every year. And so we, for the past few years, have collected shoes. And by shoes, I mean like thousands of (laughs) pairs of shoes, not thousands, what was it last year? Like eight or 900 pairs oh of shoes. Goodness, it was a lot of <laughs> shoes. It was hundreds for sure. We collected so many pairs of shoes. Um, this past winter, we collected socks for for our, we have a temporary thermal shelter that's out in the wintertime that travels locations week to week from church to church. And we thought, oh, homeless people, they love getting a new pair of socks every night when they come in. We'd experienced that when we've served with them. And so we we challenged our church to collect socks. Do you remember how many pairs of socks we got? Oh, my goodness. If I'm
1: not mistaken, I'm talking like seven or 800 pairs of socks. I think I spent a whole
0: two weeks just counting socks. I think that's all I did. (laughs) And we shared those socks and we put those socks out when we hosted the homeless shelter this winter and we still have socks left. So (laughs) yeah, we'll be able to use them next year. (laughs) Oh yeah. But it's really cool like to challenge your congregation to do something so simple. We're like, Hey, grab a pack of socks. Um, and our church, it's like, they're almost competitive with themselves. Like I'm going to bring more, I'm going to bring more. And every year they will do bigger and better. And, Uh, little things like that, like they're so minimal effort for the church, but they can make a big impact. Um, one of the biggest issues that homeless people have is issues with foot, foot problems, foot diseases and things like that, because they have cold and wet feet. And so if providing clean socks every night at the homeless shelter is something that can help prevent some of those things, that's huge, but it took you, you know, a $5 addition to your grocery order when you went to the, to Walmart, you know, it's not a big impact for you, but it can be potentially life-saving for someone else. Um, So I think one of the best ways you can love your community even is just looking for small ways like that. It doesn't have to be uh, money that's set aside every month to help with a bigger thing, but just small things that those groups need. We have a, a Sunday coming up soon, where we're collecting items for Highland food pantry, the food pantry. I was, thank you. I couldn't, (laughs) who are we collecting (laughs) stuff for? And yeah, so we're just taking one Sunday and we're going to collect personal toiletry items, like showers, shower gels and shampoos and things like that. Um, Again, what does that take for us advertising and putting out something to collect the stuff in, Mm -hmm. but it'll make a big impact for those who participate in the food pantry. So I love being able to do just little things like that, that mean something, even Absolutely. though it's so minimal for us. Um, all right. So we have that community fund and we have other money that we use that the staff gets to have their say over. you talk about oh, that fund and how that all works. Yes.
1: So that's going to be, um, that's an interesting one and still kind of new as we work, we work <laughs> through that, but these are going to be on larger items and needs that, that come up, um, within our community, or if we, um, see a good opportunity to be able to give, I actually think just backtracking to the shoe drive. Yes. So this actually was the first year we didn't offer the Froggy Shoe Drive to our congregation. And that's only because we had a lot going on (laughs) and we had already collected several um, items and monetary donations for them because our congregation is amazing. Um, It's easy to overcommit them. That's for sure. (laughs) Yes. And the thing is, they would have showed up anyways. We would have, they would have blown it out the waters, but you know, we did not want to... make them feel like they had to do something else. So yeah. what we were able to do is t- take that community fund and what we end up spending um like $1200 on shoes. And, and Lexi got
0: to go do $1200 worth of shoe shopping. So. It was pretty fun. <laughs> I-, I liked
1: it. I mean it wasn't, you know, fun unloading, but it oh was gosh, <laughs> no. but no, it it was so fun and um what's really cool and I know Stacy's experienced this too is when you have a cart full of a particular yeah. item people around you are, are curious and they ask, say, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and actually, I don't think I told you about this, but as I was checking out at Walmart, I went to Target and Walmart yeah. to, to get some shoes. As I was checking out at Walmart, I was the lady said, wow, this is a lot of shoes. Like, What are you collecting yeah. for? And I explained to her and she goes, that is amazing. I'm a foster kid Aww. and, or I was a foster kid and froggies is truly incredible. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. So that was, that was really awesome. But yeah. there's been several times that we're, our carts are full of stuff and people are curious. They ask us and they'll hand us money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is just, I love that. That's amazing. But we were able to use our community fund for that. And yeah. you know, that's not something that we Really, let our church know, right, that we did exactly. <laughs> but it was something that we were able to do because of them. Yes, and just yeah. being able to do those things. Um, I guess kind of a, a sidetrack from there too is that is a good um, example of how you give your church an opportunity to be mm-hmm. able to get involved. But there's also things that you can do because yeah. of the generosity of your congregation sure. that you know you can do with those funds. Yeah,
0: and we try to be sensitive to not um, ask. Like we're not always, there's not always something that we're collecting. We're not always collecting money for this or always collecting an item for this. Like we try to spread those things out so that the church doesn't get, um, I guess, burnt out on, yeah. on, you know, being helpful. Uh, so we try to spread those things out and that's why we ended up, you know, shopping for shoes on our own. But again, we had that money set aside and that allowed us to be able to do that and take the pressure off the congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, But it is fun to just find creative ways to be able to do those sorts of things. Yeah. And I think that, you know,
1: within the last couple of years, we've really been taking advantage of being creative because we do a thing called givebacks is what we like to call them. Yes. Um, And we make, we have so much fun with them because what we do is we tie in, okay, we have an event coming up or a sermon series coming up. Vacation Bible school. Yes. And we're like, all right, let's make this a give back opportunity to our community. How can we make this a fun way to tie it in? Yeah. So we'll use Vacation Bible School because you uh, just said that. Uh, Last year, we collected items Mm -hmm. and bags, and we made bags for for foster care um, children. And we were able to give Department of Social Services – oh, I cannot remember the amount of bags. But it was so many bags that Kristen and I took several trips on a very questionable elevator up and down (laughs) – Back to her van. Her van was completely full and we took them up and they um, were, oh, they were exceedingly grateful. Yeah. Um, You know, just that was and a just, fun way. To- and that's
0: just like a little, like when a kid is going to a new home in foster care, they often show up with nothing or with very little as far as toiletry items or clothing or, you know, anything that even just makes them like feel safe, like their mm-hmm. own blanket or stuffed animal. And so being able to provide them with little things like that, just as a, Hey, welcome to our new house. It's just one little thing that you can do to help provide comfort for a kid that's in an awful situation. Um, so that was definitely one that the kids had fun with this summer at BBS and they, um, being able to explain to them a little bit of, you know, why we're doing that and what that means Mm -hmm. is, is really important to help keep your kids, um, aware of, you know, life is not all sunshine and rainbows. And I think it's important for our kids to understand those things. So absolutely. being able to, being able to have the kids involved in those things, it's pretty fun. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Especially within our community. I'm not sure where everybody else is listening from, yeah. but we, it is very common for you to see homeless people on the side of the road where we're yeah. at. Um, so that is a great conversation starter, you know, with yeah. our kids and just being able to, um, set the example and be a good example and yep. get them involved too. Cause there are
0: certainly ways that we can get them involved. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's good. If we want to raise, you know, emotionally, um, empathetic children, you have to, you have to start young. You can't just pretend that those issues don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they are very real and very, very in your face in our community and a lot of times, yeah. um, and yeah, they are. I know we've I've had some really great conversations with my kids um about homeless people on the side of the road and things like that. And when we had our um when we hosted the homeless shelter here this winter, being able to involve the kids in that, they they were able to make um they made little caddies to go on the dinner tables, like the the kids at our church did for the salt and pepper shakers and the napkins to go in and they drew and colored placemats for all of the guests um, to put on the tables. And so it was just a small opportunity to explain to them, you know, what we were doing with our church that week. And Mm -hmm. uh, we had several kids that came in um, because you had to be 18 or over to work in the shelter. Once there were guests here, we had several kids that came in during the week to help with food prep or cleaning um during the hours when the guests weren't here because they wanted to help too. Mm-hmm. And that that's really exciting to see when they get excited about helping. Yeah. Um just brings you a little bit of hope
1: mm-hmm.
0: that this next generation is going to be um maybe the one that solves the homeless crisis. Yeah. Please Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um I know we kind of went off sidetrack there with the kids, but
1: I mean that's just that's so true. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we're able to do that. Um what better way to serve than with your family yeah um, exactly out in the community and I there's mean, not
0: always yeah. opportunities for that so yeah. things like that are yeah. truly great because they're you're doing it together but you're also learning mm-hmm. you know pretty big life lessons and yeah. yeah so another one of my favorite things that we do is our kids club christmas projects oh yes actually our okay. christmas projects in general um I'll just let you talk about that because there are so many facets we've done it a lot of different ways over the years but um it's always a challenge because we will collect money to do all these projects and collect things and our church gives so much money that we have to like come up with more ways to spend their money Mm -hmm. so you can talk about christmas at new life
1: (laughs) oh my goodness yeah so there is a lot of layers to christmas at new life just because um the, ble- the blessing um, our congregation is, and we're able to serve in different ways. And that looks like maybe we send money to um, the homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, we are able to get involved in our local elementary school, yeah. uh, particularly an elementary school that has a lot of um, at-risk, low-income families that we're able to serve. But something that we've kind of made our baby, I guess yes. we like to call, is our Kids Club's Christmas Store. And what that is is exactly what that sounds like. Literally shopping
0: um, carts included. <laughs> yes.
1: And we provide them with, um, a meal, a, a Christmas meal. We're able to provide them with toiletries. And mm-hmm. I know that seems kind of not your Christmas thing, but I mean, that stuff adds up and can be a huge blessing yeah. to families. Um, laundry detergent mm-hmm. toys galore. So yes. many toys, uh, stocking stuffers, wrapping paper mm-hmm. and tape, um, and we also provide them with a gift card. Yeah. And the wonderful thing about this is, is we work alongside the staff um, at the kids' clubs mm-hmm. and they walk these families through mm-hmm. and they have a shopping cart. It's a whole, it's a whole experience. It's so fun. Um, and we limit our volunteers that are at this particular project yes. just because we do not want these families to feel overwhelmed. Earlier in the podcast, Stacey yeah. was talking about how it's already challenging to be able to walk into somewhere knowing yes. that you're receiving assistance. Um, and just being able to take some of that edge off yeah. um, is
0: good. Yeah. I remember a, a few years prior to we used to do the Christmas project a little different, but a similar scenario, we had the families that we were helping come to the church to pick up their Christmas stuff. And there were so many volunteers there that it almost felt like we were parading them through and going, oh, look at the poor people. Mm-hmm. It, it, I was uncomfortable for them. And so we, when we realized that that had to feel so awkward, like that was an easy change that we could make. And honestly, our our church has been very understanding of that because it does limit the amount of people that can come and serve on the ground but if you can put your you know put yourself in the shoes of those people coming in like you understand yeah i don't need to be there it's not it's not about me looking at them and feeling good about myself mm. um it, it's about doing what's best for them and sometimes that means staying home <laughs> right yeah. right
1: absolutely and these families they come in and we show them love and yeah. we make it a very relaxed environment we kind of just walk them through like this is this and if you need help we'll help you yeah. but we're just here to you know be a friend, yeah, and you know through that opportunity we get to hear some stories and we get yeah. to um, love on families and there are lots of tears. Yeah, um, yeah. they are exceedingly grateful and um, as we had mentioned before, the kids clubs in particular has you know foster children, foster families, lower income families, um, grandparents that are yeah. taking care of kids and just some rough situations and just to be able to provide yeah. them with. This blessing, it you know, it means
0: so much. And yeah, and it's uh, I love that we do um, not just we let them shop from the toys that we have purchased or had donated, um, but we give them that gift card and we give them wrapping paper and they can make it their, their own. Like yeah. it is their gifts to their children or their grandchildren. Um, it's not these toys that were donated to our kids. It, they can they do the shopping and then they can take their gift card and go to Walmart and buy whatever mm-hmm. else they need to add to it. Um, and it really does keep it from being, here are these toys somebody bought for you for Christmas, but Merry Christmas from me. I think that it, it just has to add a certain level of, um, what's the word? dignity yeah dignity it, it adds dignity sure. to the situation you know
1: it does and again just throwing kids in there I mean what was it, Kate last year she was a huge help it might have been two years ago yeah. but Kate was able to play with if anybody had to have yes. their kids with them Kate was able to take them with some right. other kids and um uh, play Kate is Stacy's daughter if you guys don't know <laughs> that sorry I should have thrown <laughs> that out there no she is I, I've <laughs> talked
0: to her about her before I'm sure but yeah she's our our oldest our 13 year old Um, Yeah, we had, we had another teenager that was there this winter too, that helped. Um, And it it was, and that's another layer, like taking the kids out of it. So they're not seeing what Mm -hmm. the parents are doing. Um, But also just giving the kids that like our children, that opportunity to see like how good they have it on, you know, in their families, that God has given them. And, um, I think at Christmas time, especially that's a reminder Mm -hmm. that kids need, you know?
1: Yeah. And at Christmas time, what, you know, a great opportunity. Cause what better person is going to be able to pick out kids toys than our kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was fun.
0: We had some families that actually weren't able to, uh, to come that Saturday. And so with the help of the kids clubs, directors, um, they let our teenagers that were there shop for the different kids that, that were represented by those families. And yeah, it was, they had a blast picking out things for what would an eight year old girl want? What would a 12 year old boy want? It was, it was really fun to watch them think through that, like, and try to get the best that Mm -hmm. they could with what was there. And yeah. Yeah. I feel like in the past, there were more opportunities in your community. Like if you went to Walmart or Kmart as it was back in the day. I can remember the angel tree at Kmart. Like there were angel trees or like places where you could go and you could take a thing and shop for a kid or an, an older person who was in need in your community. Um, and those kind of things have gone by the wayside. Like I can't tell you the last time I've seen that out in a community. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we even used to sponsor those at the church. Like we would, we would have a tree up here when we first moved to Winchester. Um, for an, for an organization. So finding those things that you can do, it's not that difficult to find because there are, there's just an overwhelming amount of need in any community. Like, I don't think there's any community where you can't find right people who need not, not just help, but the love of Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. um, and these are just small, tangible ways that we can yeah. be the hands and feet.
1: Absolutely. I think just having an outward focus. Yeah. Um, there there are certainly ways, ways to serve and there are needs out there. It's just a matter of, you know, taking that, that step, that leap of faith. I know it can be uncomfortable sometimes to enter, um, (laughs) you know, organizations or maybe homeless shelters, but you know, once you get plugged in, they're so happy to have you.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the, the shelter that we hosted this past winter. This was our, um, our second year, hosting, it was the first year hosting in our facility because of COVID. Um, but we had so many people who signed up to help who were like, I'm kind of scared. I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know, like, what, what are they going to be like? What are they going to expect from me? Um, had a lady in my group, my small group that served, we served one night together, and beforehand, she was just so nervous. And after the fact, she messaged me and just was, was just so thankful. Like, thank you for giving us this opportunity. Like, I really thought I would be uncomfortable, but like they're just people. Mm-hmm. And I think once you can get past the fact that they're homeless, you remember that they're just people. Right. Um, and one of one of those nights in particular that was uh just so touching to me was watching several of our young people sit around and play UNO with a group of homeless people Mm -hmm. and everybody's laughing and joking and being sarcastic with each other. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't know from Adam which one of them was homeless and which one of them was a volunteer. Everybody was just having fun together. Right. Um, And that's so simple. Yeah. Like who can't serve an hour and play UNO with homeless people? Like it's just little things that you Mm -hmm. can do, um, once you can look past someone's external circumstances and see them as a child of God, you know, and it it is hard. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, the first time that I served in a homeless shelter, I I was fortunate that as a kid, our church, um, we served dinner at a homeless shelter. I think it was once a month. Honestly, it's been so many years now. It may have been way less than that. In my mind, we went all the time, (laughs) but like, being able to go in and help. We actually prepared the food and then would serve it. And I remember, um, being there for a little girl who had, it was her birthday and we knew it was her birthday. So we were able to make her a cake and like, as an adult, you know, 25, 30 years later, the impact that that still has on me, knowing, um, like just trying to imagine, being in that situation with my own family Mm -hmm. um, and the gratitude that I would have for somebody who took the time to make sure my kid had a special day, you know, Um, little things. It's Mm -hmm. just, it doesn't have to be big. You don't have to give every hour of your day. You don't have to give every dollar that you have, but you can do something Mm -hmm. I think is really important to remember. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And though. It is extremely important to to share the gospel, but if you can just <laughs> uh-huh. be a representation of Jesus yeah. in an act of kindness, yeah. and serving, and just loving on them and letting them know that someone cares, yeah,
0: that is a great representation. Of well, Jesus. it's it's like the what's the quote? Um, Preach the gospel when necessary. Use words mm-hmm. like, no. a, and honestly, we had some some situations that came out of that week of hosting where men and women both would, um, pull one of us aside and ask for prayer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they're seeking it out, yeah, Yeah. take that opportunity, but we never want to be, um, preachy. Yeah. You know, we have to meet the needs first. Mm -hmm. And if someone's physical needs aren't met, we're never going to meet their spiritual spiritual needs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so those are just some of the fun things that we get to do. Right now, we honestly spend a good chunk of our benevolence funds each month on housing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So housing yeah. is a huge issue in our area. Affordable, yeah. low-income housing. Right. Um, so you want to talk a little bit about you know, what resources we have here and how mm-hmm. how people might be able to help in their own communities with that? Absolutely. First and foremost, it's going to be really important to see what housing
1: agency you have in your locality. Um, We have several here, which is a a blessing, but the problem is- Still not enough. (laughs) There's just not enough actual low-income housing out there. So a majority of our calls that do come in are homelessness and people staying in hotels seeking assistance. Um, And the first step- that we have to do to be able to provide financial assistance for anybody staying in a hotel is they have to apply for low income housing. Um, And it's a fairly quick process in the beginning and they get assigned a caseworker. um, And through low income housing, they're able to help with a security deposit, a couple months rent, um, offset the cost of rent. Um, Yeah. A huge blessing. Problem is there's just not enough low low income housing available on the market especially in this area yes so it's just this constant battle of they're just trying to make ends meet i mean even staying in hotels they're looking at a lower um a not so nice you know hotel is still you're looking at 1400 a month which is crazy it is so crazy and a lot of these hotels require weekly payments yeah and they just have a hard time meeting it. And unfortunately, the majority of these people that are seeking assistance, they have jobs that change regularly, yeah. um, don't have set hours. So I mean, it just takes a couple of days and then they're struggling to be able to m- meet that bill. Yeah. Um, so anytime we're able to financially assist with a hotel stay, we do require that they Find uh, or apply for low-income housing, Um, and then I'm actually able to work with their caseworker just to make sure that we verify that they are actually um, going on their end of the um, the process, and we work together to to provide them resources and hopefully they're able to find low-income
0: housing. Right. Yeah. It's it's difficult because you want to help. You don't want people to be out on the streets. Mm Um, but we also want our money to go the furthest that Mm -hmm. it can. And so we do our best to not be a bandaid on a, you know, giant gaping wound, but to, to try to find a ways, um, for them to be self-sufficient and Mm -hmm. that's, it's so hard. It's, I know, um, we were a one income family for, uh, 15 years and with four kids, like Money was tight quite often, and so I like it's very easy for me to imagine how one medical setback or one loss of a job, um, how quickly you can end up on the streets
1: mm-hmm.
0: and afraid to ask for help, even afraid to look for those organizations because mm-hmm. you, first of all, would then have to admit that you need help, mm-hmm. um, which is not, you know, something that people want to do. But yeah. it's it, it being able to. I think put yourself in those shoes and, and remember like how easily any of us could be there helps, right. right? It helps you to have more empathy, but it also helps you to treat people um, with kindness and yeah. with dignity because they're not that different than us. Yes, there are people that have drug issues and things like that. Who've made poor choices and have, have ended up in situations like that. But a lot of the people we come across legitimately just need a hand up. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And speaking on that, a majority of the people that call, um, they're either single individuals or it's a family and mom staying home with the babies. Yeah. And dad's out working. And um, sh- you're not going to be able to afford yeah. childcare, that's for certain. Absolutely. And I definitely push childcare subsidy. And, mm. but, an issue with that is before you can get approved to get childcare subsidy, you already have to be working or enrolled in school. Oh, wow. And how is that going to work out? If you don't have a family member or a friend that can help you out in the meantime, that can be exceedingly challenging, but over the time and, uh, Working at social services, there are some ways I've been able to help some families kind of um, overcome that barrier, yeah. which is really great, but it is, I it's so quick to be like, well, why aren't they both working? Yeah. It's a little more yeah.
0: complicated than that. No, it's, um, I, I remember when we, goodness, I don't know if I was pregnant with our third or if we had just had the two at the time, but I had looked into going back to work and- every piece of what I could make would have gone straight to child childcare care plus mm. some, like we would have been in the hole. Mm-hmm. So it didn't make sense for me to work like, yeah. and it, it is difficult to, to find that balance. If you need childcare and you need to work, mm-hmm. um, especially single moms, like having a subsidy available is huge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being able to to work around that is a big deal. Yeah,
1: And that goes to say just wherever you're at, um, get a better better understanding yeah. of what your social services has to offer and the benefits that they have. And if
0: you have someone who works for social services in your congregation, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask them questions. Yes. That's how we ended yes. up with Lexi. <laughs> Actually,
1: I will never forget um, when I was at social services, I had a situation. So I worked um, TANF um, mm-hmm. and VIEW, which is Virginia Initiative for Employment, Not Welfare. Um, and that's, kind of changed. They've changed their shift a little bit now, but that's what I did at the time. Mm. And I had families that I knew needed help, yeah. but we just weren't able to assist them. And they just kind of fell through the gaps of our system. Yeah. And so I called Craig, <laughs> yeah. Craig, is there yeah. anything that we can do? Can, can yeah. we help? And, you know, they were able to help them and that, that was huge. I think that's really what started our relationship. Yeah. Um, and being able to send, you know, people to church, which that's what people are doing because, yeah.
0: Again, what yeah. we said earlier. People know Call New Life now. That's part of Yes. That is always fun. Who, the electric company has been referring people to us, which yeah. is so funny. <laughs>
1: um. Um, yeah. I mean, because you you do you get social workers that, unfortunately, even at social services, we were not given resource directories yeah. that we should have been given, and That's we just crazy. didn't know what to do. And you, know, you have those social workers in there that care about their clients. And, yeah. Um, Want to make sure that they get help. So, yeah. who do we refer them to? The
0: church. So, Let's the take church, that opportunity people. to be, be the, the church. Th- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, if you were going to give one small piece of advice to a church who is in our shoes where we were a few years ago, what would be your first next step to finding a better way to serve their community?
1: I think it's important to know what your community has to offer. Yeah. Um, like you said, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're not in a good location for a food pantry, and no. that's <laughs> not what we're gonna do. But what can we do? We can provide them with resources, and due yeah. to the generosity of our church, we're able to financially assist um, those that are eligible. Um, but yeah, just know what's out in your community yeah. and identify where your church location is, sure. and how can you serve. Does that look like collecting items? Does that yes. look like maybe starting a benevolence program of your own, which would be wonderful. Yeah. I'm, I know not every church is in that position to be able to do that. It is <laughs> not
0: everyone can hire Alexi. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but there are still, I think, a lot of ways
1: that, yeah. that you Absolutely. can help. And hopefully we given people a lot of ideas today,
0: yeah. um, give backs, just collecting, yeah. getting involved. Um, oh, another one that I, I meant to mention. Um, so a lot of people do like gifts or something that they give first time guests when they Mm -hmm. attend their church. And so one of the cool things we've been able to do is to change the way that we do that. So you wanna you wanna share about that, Lexi? Yeah, absolutely. So we change it quarterly, and what
1: we do is we pick an organization that's doing great work in our community. So this past quarter we did Evans Home for Children, which is a temporary shelter for foster families mm-hmm. or any families that are just needing um, a safe place for their children to reside while maybe they resolve some issues at home. Um, they do amazing work. We were able to collect for them, and this month is Highland Food Pantry. And for every first-time guest, we that. That stops and fills out a connect card, we give a $10 donation to that organization. Mm-hmm. And we have some generous donors within our church too that sometimes like to give it a boost. So, Round it up. <laughs> yep. So typically we're giving what, $500 a month yeah. in, um, to an organization doing good just with first time
0: yeah. guest cards. And honestly- like doing it that way, we've had an increase in the amount of people who are willing to stop and fill out a card. Yes, because not everybody cares about, we used to give out gas cards to sheets, like our our chain about that. gas stations. Yeah. It's been years now. I feel like I've seen churches do like coffee mugs. Yeah. Doing it this way, we've gotten a lot more engagement from first-time guests being willing to mm-hmm. fill out those cards. And that, that's just gives us contact information for those people so we can send them an email and say, Hey, thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. How can we pray for you? You yeah. know, and, and not just like $10 per family. If the husband and the wife both want to fill out a card, we will give $20 mm-hmm. instead of 10. So and that happens. It so, does. <laughs> I like it when people work yeah. the system. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, I do. I am glad that you mentioned that because I, I love that. That is a true representation of, you know, who we try to be Yeah, and for guests to be able to see that.
0: Yeah. You no, know, we say mm-hmm. that we are a church about the community and um, that's the first thing that people experience when they come here is being able to help give to that right. without giving any of their own money. So yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we support um, international organizations and things like that, but the the community-based things we have found to be just so important. We've got to take care of the people in our community and around us and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been really nice to to have ways to do that and feel like you're doing it well and not just again yeah. putting a band aid on.
1: Absolutely. So something really cool too, and um, not that anything's wrong with the church putting so much emphasis and effort into a single organization, but yeah. we're a church that truly is involved with so many organizations, yeah. and I love that. I mean, we have board members within our church that serve in several. Um, organizations yeah. that are doing great work. We have so many people that serve every week at the shelters, yeah. at, um, the kids Froggies, at the kids yeah. clubs
0: and staff
1: as well. And yeah. it's, it's just truly really amazing.
0: Just, you know, truly being the yeah. church. We have a good church. We do. Our people are just awesome. They really are. <laughs> yeah. So I know that's a lot to throw out, to throw out to you um, as, but hopefully it'll spark some, some ideas some thoughts for how you can help in your own church. But yeah, it's, it's what we're called to do, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and to to love on mm-hmm. the widows and the orphans and the poor. Yeah. And I Absolutely. don't know. Yeah, I'm Absolutely. thankful for your role, your the way that you've been able to shepherd that whole scenario and just kind of fix it a little bit. <laughs> well,
1: I'm thankful to be here. I, I really it is, am. Um, it's and, hard. Yeah.
0: It's- yeah. I honestly like every time we've we've done been done with the homeless shelter. I just want to be like. I just want to fix homelessness and I want to do this. And like it, but it has been really neat to see how just doing little things like that has motivated the Mm -hmm. congregation. Like you said, for people to be involved outside of church, not just when we say, Hey, let's go do this thing. Mm -hmm. Like we have in a couple of weeks, we're going to um, our local uh, crisis pregnancy center and to the kids clubs and doing some landscaping outside. Mm -hmm. People can come and, pull some weeds and put down some mulch. It's very minimal. And that's a great, like it, it gets people there. It puts them on the grounds, but when they are taking that initiative to go serve on their own mm-hmm. is when you know you're doing something right. Yeah. Because that's, that's the goal. Like we, we can push people to serve, but until they're doing it on their own time and, um, you know, seeking out that opportunity, like the, it's not, it's not the same, yeah. you know. When they're doing it because they want to be there and they love Jesus and they mm-hmm. want to help people, Um, it just feels like Jesus has to be happy, you know. Right. Like yeah. you just want to make Daddy proud.
1: Yes, I love Absolutely. it. I love it. Um, I know we talked about so many great things that we are doing, but there are certainly lessons learned along the way, and <laughs> yeah. um, it's all a learning curve. And yeah. you know, you just continually serve, and as long as you are having that outward focus and representing Jesus out in the community, not just in, within the church. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can do something. You can make a difference.
0: Yeah. And I'm actually in the show notes, I'm going to link to, um, a webinar. Craig and Lexi did a webinar with Waypoint. Oh, it's probably been two years and ago. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, about our benevolence program. So she, she dives a little more, uh, in depth mm-hmm. for how that looks and how you can make it practical. And there's some good resources there too. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes in case people have more questions and, um, want some more ideas, but I, I'm just thankful for this conversation. Thank you for sharing with us before we go though, because our people don't know you and you're not a pastor's wife, but I, uh, <laughs> maybe we should interview your husband Your He's, oh, he's you kind go. of like the pastors. <laughs> he would <husband>. love that. <laughs> um, yes. <yeah. laughs> I always ask my guests at the end of an episode, two things. What's your favorite podcast? And what's something that we might not know about you? Oh, goodness. I know. And I didn't prep you for these questions. No, I usually didn't. give people warning. Um, this is all spur of the moment. You're getting the real Lexi right okay. here. I would say my favorite podcasts are Pastor's Wives. Well, obviously. Pastor's Wives. I do. I listen <laughs> regularly
1: and I love Stacey. Um, and I would probably have to say my – I have two second ties. You can do um, it. Two is fine. Uh, living great. Easy Ministry. Um, living Easy. Living Easy with Lindsay Ministry. I don't know. It's a ministry uh, podcast. It's it's pretty good. I listen to that occasionally. Um, Man, I have three because I listen to the Bible Recap too. So I listen to the Bible Recap. Yeah, we do love Tara Lee Cobble. We've talked about her on here before. (laughs) Um, And I also like the History Chicks. And I'll throw that out there 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 as something people don't know about me. I am a little bit of a history nerd. A little, just, a, um, just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, don't question me on stuff. I have <laughs> My memory is not great, but I am so fascinated with history and my ideal vacation spots are, you know. Williamsburg. Yes. Yeah. All the history things. That's so, fun. And I have
0: two two precious daughters. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for sharing. I um, would love if you could pray for our guests as we close. Absolutely. Okay.
1: Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day and this blessing um, it is to be able to be here and just to be able to talk about how we can be the church out in our community. And I just pray that you be with our listeners mm-hmm. and that you would just um, guide them and let the Holy Spirit work in them and how they can work in their community, um, That whatever that calling may be that they just take that leap of faith and get out there and be the hands and feet of Jesus. I pray that you would provide protection and good health over all of us. And we thank you for this glorious day in Mm -hmm. Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know it's not all practical for everyone, but it's all about giving you some thoughts and some ideas for how you might be able to apply this in your own community. Thank you so much, Lexi, for joining us and for sharing all of that. We are so thankful for Lexi's background in social services um, and the wealth of knowledge that she has been um, in helping establish this kind of a program for us. But again, start small. We hope that you guys are having a great week and that you are looking forward to summer and some of the fun things that are going on. I know that we are, um, you know, not long from our summer break for the podcast, but we are going to continue out this series, and I'm looking forward to very soon doing a series on pastor's kids. So stay tuned for that and some information that's coming out for how you can help create those episodes. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great week.